said, see, I have given you authority to tread on snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing will hurt you. For open space today, I considered dumping a large sack of live snakes and scorpions on the floor. So that as a test of our faith in Jesus, we could all have a go at walking on them and see who gets bitten. <laughs> As weird as that particular verse is, uh, it's actually not the one that caught my attention this week. What kind of killed me was when Jesus said these two things. One, whatever house you enter first say peace be to this house, and if anyone is there who shares in peace, your peace will rest on that person, but if not, it will return to you. And two, whenever you enter a town and they do not welcome you, go out into its streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet we wipe off and protest against you, yet know this, the kingdom of God has come near you. To put this particular passage in context, and look, I know all of you totally went to church last week, and totally remember the text we read, but just in case I'm wrong, I'll remind you that in the previous chapter, Jesus called the twelve disciples and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And when they were sent ahead to a village and the village rejected them, those guys were totally full of themselves and they came back and literally asked Jesus if in response to being rejected by those villages, they should just rain down fire and destroy them. Um, yeah, so when did that become an option for them? <laughs> Jesus must have given them the head thump that reigned for eternity because I can almost still hear it now. But to be honest, I can kind of relate to the disciples because to put this context, to put this text in the context of my week, I have to admit that when some jackass posts comments on my blog that say, Nadia, the only righteous thing you've ever done was get married and have children, your husband should be committed for tolerating such a heretic, I too want to say, hey Jesus, should I rain down a fire of counter comments and burn the idiots? <laughs> Since that kind of thing feels totally justified to me. And, similarly, when I have a relationship that is broken, and I've tried to do what was mine to do, and apologize for my part, and I try to keep an open heart, and they won't go for it, when I offer them my peace, and they don't receive it, I don't then tend to just peacefully walk away, certain the kingdom of God has still come near them. <laughs> from that is alternate between wanting to rain down fire on them and wanting to rain down fire on myself. I either become obsessed with all the ways they are wrong or obsessed with all the ways I am wrong, neither of which feels good. And when I have a conflicted relationship, I tend to think about it way too much. It's like I rent out free space in my head to them. Free rent for a hostile tenant, as though overthinking something can restore a relationship, or overthinking something can make sense of myself or human behavior in general. So what really killed me this week was thinking about how, in our gospel reading for today, that Jesus had some crazy things to say about all of that. 
Like, if someone does not share in peace, that our peace actually returns to us. And how Jesus said that if we are rejected, we should just kick the dirt from our shoes and know that the kingdom of God is still near those who reject us. And that we have been given authority over the powers of the enemy and that nothing shall harm us. I was kind of floored by that and started to wonder, man, how much do we allow other people to be the source of our peace? You have peace when your boyfriend or girlfriend isn't in one of their moods. You have peace when your boss gives you enough praise. You have peace when you're sure that none of your friends are unhappy with you. You have peace when your teenager or young adult child is making all the right decisions. You have peace when you just completely isolate yourself from others because that way they can't harm you. But it's not helpful to make other people the source of our peace when as our text says, not everyone shares in peace. Not everyone is up for it. Maybe not your boss, or your friends, or your parents. And if you extend peace to them and they don't take it, that peace is not wasted. Jesus says it returns to you. And you know why? Because they were not really the source of your peace to begin with. If they reject you, don't break out free space in your head to them. Kick off the dust. They're no longer your business. They're God's business. But just to be clear, that doesn't mean we get to take some kind of spiritual high ground. It doesn't matter either. Because if Jesus said, kick off the dust and save them, the kingdom of God has come near you, that means they get the same promise from the same God that you get, even if you are a person of peace, and they are not. That's grace. And no, it's not fair. <laughs> but it also means that when we are the ones rejecting others and not receiving their peace, that the kingdom of God is still near to us too. Which basically means that God will do God's thing whether we get this stuff right or not. Because it is finally grace and not retribution. Grace and not being right. Grace and not smack-talking idiots that will redeem you and me and this whole beautiful, broken mess of a world. Because Jesus ushered in a different kind of kingdom than I would usher in. And in Jesus' kingdom, there is a source of peace that is not other people. But to be clear, the source of peace in the kingdom of God is also not ourselves or our spiritual practices. Peace in the kingdom of God does not come from achieving a personal feeling of total well-being. I mean, that feels awesome, and there's nothing wrong with it. But when troubles come, when relationships are fractured, then no matter what, I can't manage to maintain that peaceful feeling. So I really hope that's not what Jesus is talking about here. Peace is that place where everything is generous and open, where the virtues of the gospel, mercy and forgiveness and love and grace and justice are the core and guide for life. And if this peace 
is offered and not accepted, that is never a waste. That is being a peacemaker. For this peace returns to you, and the reason it returns to you is because it was a gift in the first place. It is a grace. It's something that God desires before we do, and longs to give us. So maybe peace is less of a feeling, and more of a way of being and doing that actually originates in God. Because God, and God alone, is our actual source. And that's not just religious jargon, I mean that quite literally. You came from the very breath of God. There is that within you, the Imago Dei, the image of God, that cannot be hurt or rejected. Which means that when Jesus says he has given us authority over the powers of evil and that nothing will harm us, it does not mean that the rejection that happens in our lives won't hurt. It means it cannot hurt that which matters. Genesis tells us that God breathed into dust to create humanity. So it is not your boss, your lover, your friends, your parents, or the United States Supreme Court, but the animating breath of God that is the source of your life and the source of your peace. So, people of God, go in peace because Christ is with you and within you. Amen.